0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the Department of Economic Opportunity has announced it will no longer be participating in the federal program that boosted Florida's paltry unemployment checks by 300 bucks per week. Governor Ron DeSantis says it's going to end on June 26th. And the re- re- reason is simple. We got almost a half a million job openings in the state of Florida. DeSantis says the federal money was a lifeline when the economy was shut down, but now he thinks benefits are so high they encourage people to stay home instead of finding a job. The governor signs a bill imposing new regulations on tech giants like Facebook and Twitter. This began after they deplatformed Donald Trump for spreading lies and misinformation during the final days of his administration. But DeSantis claims social media censorship is the real threat here. So their power up to this point has effectively been unchecked.
1: Um, and they have used this power in Silicon Valley to impose their orthodoxies and their ideologies um, on our public square. Um, This
0: is not how a free society uh, should operate. Under that new law, any Floridian can sue the social media companies if they are deplatformed, censored, or shadow banned. The governor has not signed off on the new state budget yet, and Florida Tax Watch is asking him to take aim at more than $100 million worth of turkeys that have no business being in the budget. The
2: $101.5 billion budget passed by the Florida legislature for fiscal year 21-22 contains 116 items qualifying as budget turkeys, worth $157.5 million.
0: TaxWatch also wants lawmakers to stop using a sprinkle list to add spending projects to the budget after formal negotiations have been finished. Central Florida Congresswoman Stephanie Murphy has decided she will not run against Senator Marco Rubio next year.
3: Marco Rubio will not be an easy opponent, especially if it's on the heels of a bruising primary where Democrats spend millions attacking each other instead of using those millions to build the infrastructure we so desperately need to win here. So I've decided instead of running for the U.S. Senate, I will devote my energy to helping make our party stronger.
0: Murphy's announcement clears the path for Val Demings to run against Rubio next year, and Murphy appears to be targeting Rick Scott in the Senate race in 2024. Now that the pandemic is killing fewer Americans and mask rules are being relaxed, people are getting the urge to travel again. The folks that visit Florida say they're going to have to work hard to overcome all the negative publicity heaped on the Sunshine State during the pandemic.
4: And while many states experienced uh, critical pandemic-related media coverage, Florida's negative media coverage was valued at $107 billion, which is a lot of negative media perceptions to overcome.
0: We'll also have your calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man accused of trying to hide cocaine where the sun doesn't shine. Too bad for him, a deputy saw the whole thing. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, May 25th. This is National Missing Children's Day, National Tap Dance Day, National Wine Day and Towel Day. On this date in 1787, the Constitutional Convention opened in Philadelphia. George Washington presided. In 1932, Goofy made his first appearance in Mickey's Review by Walt Disney. Back then, he was known as Dippy Dog. In 1961, President Kennedy announced the U.S. goal of putting a man on the moon before the end of the decade. And in 1986, a 95-year-old Florida woman aced the 17th hole at the Everglades Golf Club in Palm Beach. Erna Ross set the record for the oldest woman to make a hole in one. Florida's Department of Health reported 1,606 new cases of COVID-19 Monday, the lowest one-day total since mid-October. The state also reported 28 new fatalities. Our death toll has reached 37,235. More than 10 million Floridians have now been vaccinated. Two million of those are still waiting for their second shots. Orlando Congresswoman Stephanie Murphy says she will not run next year for the U.S. Senate seat now held by Republican Marco Rubio. She posted the news on Twitter.
3: Since February, I've been traveling the state of Florida listening to my fellow Democrats about how we can regroup and re-energize our state party ahead of the 22 elections. We've had too many close losses in Florida, and so I wanted to use my experience from winning tough races to help the party prepare itself. At the same time, I've been seriously considering a run for the U.S. Senate in either 22 or 24. I'm deeply disappointed by our current representation. I think both Senator Rubio and Senator Scott repeatedly put their own interests above the interests of the people of Florida. And I've been so grateful to all the Floridians who have reached out to me over the last few months encouraging me to run against Marco Rubio. And I wouldn't be considering a run if I didn't think I'd be a strong nominee. I've won every single race I've run, including a primary and tough generals in one of the toughest seats in the country. But the reality is that Marco Rubio will not be an easy opponent, especially if it's on the heels of a bruising primary where Democrats spend millions attacking each other instead of using those millions to build the infrastructure we so desperately need to win here. So I've decided instead of running for the U.S. Senate, I will devote my energy to helping make our party stronger. While I will not be running statewide in 22, I will work to help the Democratic Party build towards statewide success. We must start now with unity of effort if we want the state to be ready to put the White House, a Senate seat, and more state and local races in the Democratic column in 24. I'm an incredibly proud and patriotic American. My family fled tyranny, and thanks to the power and generosity of America, I'm the first woman in my family to go to college and the first Vietnamese American woman in Congress. And I think the opportunities that allowed my family and me to work hard and get ahead are slipping away from too many Americans. So I'm not going anywhere. We have so much work that remains undone. I'll be working in Congress to fight for Florida and working with the White House to get us through this pandemic and help build our economy back better than before. I'm excited about the work ahead and I'm looking forward to it because I will never stop fighting for Floridians and for progress that moves this nation forward.
0: That announcement came less than a week after Orlando Congresswoman Val Demings told her supporters she is seriously considering a run against Rubio. But Murphy did not rule out a run of her own against Senator Rick Scott when his seat is up for grabs in 2024. If you're getting unemployment checks from the state, they're going to get a lot smaller. Florida's Department of Economic Opportunity has announced it will no longer participate in the federal unemployment program that added another $300 per week to the checks that are sent out by the state. Governor Ron DeSantis says there is no incentive to work when you can make as much as $575 per week on unemployment.
1: Yeah, so the um, DEO uh, put out the notice discontinuing the added uh, federal uh, money, and the reason is simple. We got almost a half a million job openings in the state of Florida. I mean, I remember when, like, I got news Disney was going to close. Like, no one thought that was even possible. You started to see uh, tourism dry up and all these different things. There were people that that had no ability. So we suspended a lot of the job search and all that stuff. We tried to get money out the door, particularly the federal money that we were able to get. um, And that was appropriate. Now we're just in a much different situation. Uh, No matter where I go in the state of Florida... People will tell me, hey, we love Florida's great. Thanks for what you're doing, Governor. We just need to find more people uh, to want to work. So the jobs are there. Uh, we're proud of the fact that we've got a lot of economic momentum. And so now we're transitioning from kind of um, you know relief in the midst of a crisis to now having the more traditional reemployment outlook, you know, that this is something that's a stopgap for people until they can get back on their feet and get back to work. But I'm confident with almost a half a million job openings uh, that people are going to be able uh, to, to, to get a job and get back to work. And, um, you know, most Floridians, to their credit, um, you know, have worked really hard throughout the entire course of the year. Uh, there are folks, and I actually meet some of them, who even though some of the benefits are pretty significant. They just decided, you know what, I love my job, you know, I want to be doing it or whatever, but I think this aligns the incentives better, and I think it'll really help, um, particularly a lot of our mom and pops. You know, we have restaurants that are thriving. Most places, the restaurant industry got totally decimated. Here, it's doing much better, but they'll have to close for a day or two just because they don't
0: have enough staff to be able to do it. The federal unemployment benefits will come to an end in Florida as of June 26th. The governor has signed a bill to punish social media companies that gave Donald Trump the boot after the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. DeSantis says Facebook, Twitter, and Google have become so powerful they are setting the national agenda, and he does not like where they're headed. On major
1: issues uh, that deserve robust debate, Silicon Valley is, an, is acting as a council of censors. Um, they cancel people. When mobs come after somebody, they will pull them down. They shadow ban people, which creates partisan echo chambers. And honestly, they are some of the major reasons why this country is divided for, for doing what they're doing. And the worst part about this, Silicon Valley thinks they know better than you. So their power up to this point has effectively been unchecked. Um, And they have used this power in Silicon Valley to impose their orthodoxies and their ideologies um, on our public square. Um, This is not how a free society uh, should operate. So every day, they act uh, as the proverbial big brother. And 2021 looks an awful lot like the fictitious 1984. So it's time to step up and ensure that we, the people, especially our everyday Floridians, are guaranteed protection against the Silicon Valley power grab. We'll be the first state to hold big tech accountable. And what this reform does is recognize that social media platforms are as important for conveying public opinions. Um, they're effectively a common carrier uh, in everyday society, and they really need to be viewed that way. Uh, they also hold a unique place in preserving free speech for all Floridians. Um, and these platforms can harm Floridians when they unfairly censor, ban, and deplatform them. So this reform gives every Floridian the power to fight back against big tech. Floridians who are deplatformed will be able to sue big tech companies. These protections aren't just for elite, but for everyday people, millions of people, who rely on social media to keep up with the news, do business, and stay connected with family and friends. We're the first state to hold these big tech companies to this standard of transparency and Accountability. The law requires the platforms to publish detailed standards explaining how they decide which voices to censor, and they need to apply those standards consistently. That's not what happens. You look; they have these standards, they always change it. And if you're on one side, it seems to be any little foot foul, you're gone. And if you're on the right side from their perspective, then you know you can get away with whatever you want. And so, when Big Tech censors enforce their rules inconsistently to discriminate in favor of the dominant ideology in Silicon Valley, they will be held accountable in
0: the state of Florida. Critics say that new law violates free speech rights and will be challenged in court, but really that was never the issue. This is all about DeSantis playing to Donald Trump's base, and the governor's political committee sent out fundraising appeals as soon as it was signed. The new state budget is still waiting for the governor's signature, and the bean counters at Florida Tax Watch are hoping DeSantis will use his line-item veto power to eliminate projects that ended up in the budget without going through the usual legislative process. They're commonly known as budget turkeys, and Tax Watch chief researcher Kurt Weiner says there are plenty of gobblers in this new spending plan.
2: The $101.5 billion budget passed by the Florida legislature for fiscal year 21-22 contains 116 items qualifying as budget turkeys worth $157.5 million. Budget turkeys are often local member projects placed in the final appropriation bill without being scrutinized and subjected to the uh, budget committee process or that circumvented existing grant and other legislatively established selection processes. Now, it must be noted that the budget turkey label does not signify judgment of a project's worthiness. Instead, the review focuses solely on the integrity, accountability, and transparency of the legislatively established budget process. The goal of this report is to ensure that all appropriations of hard taxpayer money achieves its intended public benefit. The 116 turkeys we've identified in this year's report are only a portion of the 675 member projects in the budget worth more than $560 million. While the appropriations project rules adopted five years ago have reduced the number of budget turkeys, they have clearly not limited the number of member projects. Florida Tax Watch believes these appropriations project rules should be continued and improved upon to increase accountability for spending in the budget. Another concerning issue we identified is the the use of supplemental appropriation lists during the budget process. These lists are referred to as sprinkle lists. They surface and are approved in the last minute, virtually the last minute with no discussion. The Senate list contained 150 items worth 165.5 million. The House had 76 items worth 182.2 million. This means that $347 million in hard-earned taxpayer dollars were spent almost as an afterthought after all of the various budget areas had been closed out. It should be noted that this year, a significant amount of the supplemental appropriation was additional funding for established statewide programs. And while there were a lot of member projects, there is fewer than last year. Additionally, we identified a number of member projects while not meeting our criteria for budget turkeys, we're recommending that the governor give extra scrutiny.
0: Tax Watch Director Dominic Calabro says he's also concerned about evolution of what has come to be known as the sprinkle list that lawmakers have used to add their projects to the budget after the formal negotiations are done.
5: You know, every dollar spent by the legislature deserves to go through a thoughtful and appropriate uh, process. So it's always disappointing when we see more than a quarter billion dollars approved without the spending scrutiny that we believe it truly deserves. So Florida Tech would strongly urges the legislature to discontinue these supplemental funding lists moving forward. Additionally, we are also recommending that the legislature implement more competitive selection processes for member projects, especially one for local transportation projects to help ensure that these items are funded for the coordinated statewide vision and that they compete for limited funding done in a fair manner as well as an accountable manner and gets the best results for the taxpayers of Florida. Listen, we wanna make sure the legislature has ample opportunity to have the say that they rightly deserve as the appropriations in process. But like everything else, it shouldn't just simply be uh, power makes right. We wanna make sure it's fair, thoughtful, it's integrated. And then once those appropriated items are funded, that they can be insured, they can be expended for the purpose for which they were established. Once they're appropriated directly in the budget, that's it. There's really little other accountability for a particular member project. So that's why extra care and thoughtfulness has to go in.
0: Now, one of the most outrageous turkeys in the new budget is a $25 million appropriation for the Pasco-Hernando State College Center for Student Success and Community Engagement because it's way more than they asked for. The House sponsor requested 10 million. The Senate sponsor asked for 12.5 million. Instead of splitting the difference, they more than doubled the original request. 2020 turned out to be a real kidney stone of a year for the Florida tourism industry. Stacy Melman is the chief marketing officer at Visit Florida, and she says they never stopped selling the concept of a vacation during the pandemic.
4: During the worst year for tourism in memory, Visit Florida never stopped preparing potential travelers for the days when they could travel again. Uh, When people were staying safe and staying home, we reminded them that their vacations were worth taking and that a Florida vacation is transformative. We sustained our always on efforts by pitching media, educating travel agents, executing our promotions, but we also pivoted when it was necessary and recalibrated our strategy and tactics to best serve the Florida vacation brand and the state tourism industry. We doubled down on a strong search strategy to maintain consumer awareness and keep Florida vacation brand top of mind.
0: Tourism is on the rebound now, so Visit Florida will be adopting a new marketing strategy. Melman says the key is to rebuild trust in the Florida brand, which took a huge hit last year.
4: And while many states experienced uh, critical pandemic related media coverage, Florida's negative media coverage was valued at $107 billion, which is a lot of negative media perceptions to overcome. Therefore, Florida's economic recovery is going to depend on the strategic restoration of our Florida tourism brand. And before booking their first vacation since lockdown, travelers are going to be interested in ground level information. They're going to want a sense of security um, and they're going to also want exciting anticipation of their future vacation. Their believability is going to rest in that visual proof that they're going to see online. Every traveler that visits Florida is going to have an influential voice in shaping how others see Florida. And rebuilding that trust is going to take a strong word-of-mouth marketing efforts that focus on delivering authentic messaging, building relationships with trust creators to play an ambassadorial role for Florida, and partnering with brands and people who have faithful audiences and loyal followers. That is going to be important for us um, to complete our recovery.
0: Your calendar of events, the Florida Elections Commission meets by phone at 8.30. The Board of the Southwest Florida Water Management District meets in Tapa at 9. It will also be online. The Florida Life and Health Guarantee Association meets by conference call at 11. Representative Jason Schoaf of Port St. Joe speaks at the Network of Entrepreneurs and Business Advocates at 11.30 in Tallahassee. Representative Rick Roth discusses the legislative session during a meeting of the Republican Club at the Palm Beaches at noon in West Palm Beach. The Executive Committee of Visit Florida meets online at 1. The First Responder Suicide Deterrence Task Force meets online at 2. Congressman Michael Waltz speaks at 2.45 at a joint meeting of the Flagler Tiger Bay Club and the Flagler County Junior Chamber of Commerce. Representative Nick DeSiglie of Indian Rocks Beach is holding a kickoff event for his campaign to replace Senator Jeff Brandes of St. Petersburg, who cannot run again because of term limits. And Chevron Jones is holding a community meeting at 630 in Hollywood to discuss the 2021 legislative session and a controversial new elections law. Finally today, a Florida man accused of DUI took things to the next level by stashing two bags of cocaine up his butt. 48-year-old Marty Martinez of Lakeland was sleeping behind the wheel of his pickup truck along I-75 when a Collier County deputy stopped to check him out. He says Martinez had a white powdery substance on his nose and reeked of whiskey, and it certainly didn't help that Martinez forgot to put the truck in park when he got out, so it started rolling away. After he was cuffed and placed in the patrol car, the deputy says Martinez pulled two baggies with white powder out of his pocket and shoved them up his keister. They were removed at the jail in Naples, and Florida man was charged with DUI, possession of cocaine, tampering with evidence, careless driving, improper tag display, and having an open container of an alcoholic beverage.